0: Uh, before we get today's show started, I'm hearing a little bit of a feedback. Is can is someone's uh, volume really high or their mic really good? <laughs> it happens. I, don't know. I
1: could um I could mute to see if it's me.
0: No, I don't hear it anymore. I only hear it at certain moments. Is it like, but anyway, we'll we'll get back to it. Uh, so for today's pre-show discussion I wanted to talk about the power of gaming and uh, film critic and well gaming and film critics and like whether or not they have too much power and the reason this comes about is because of Callisto protocol which is mm-hmm. uh, the newest game out from the ex devs of uh, dead space before you know EA completely screwed them out of their entire IP Yeah. Um, and uh that game's been getting hammered mm-hmm. now as a person who doesn't play horror games i've watched a lot of callisto protocol and like gamespot gave it like a 5 out of 10 oof that game at its worst is maybe a 7.5
2: yeah, at mm-hmm. worst a 7 like, yeah. at the absolute worst.
0: Like, and, and that's just if it was, like, me, who doesn't like horror games. Mm. <laughs> like, we're yeah. playing it, which is why I personally would never review it, because it's just not my cup of tea. Of course, I'm going to be like, yo, this is crap. I hate this. I hate the experience. I hate everything. <laughs> I had 14 heart attacks in the first five minutes. Like, I, I'm not, you know. Th- so, I, I just want to know, do y'all, do y'all think that gaming and film critics have too much power
2: i'm gonna let that guest Mm. go first what do you think
1: yeah i mean too much power is an interesting framing of the question do you mean like too much influence over the minds of the consumer and how they choose to play and what they choose to play or i i would say power in
0: the sense that if if reviewers and this is uh becoming a thing in gaming it's been a thing in film forever but you get the cert- a certain wrong review from a highly touted or paid attention to reviewer, and your movie will flop. Like, it just will flop. And I feel like Callisto Protocol is probably doing really well right now as far as sales, but I think that it's also being hurt by the fact that, like, Every reviewer, it feels like every reviewer, even now, like YouTube reviewers are all latching on to the key phrases of like IGN and GameSpot in like the bigger people where it's like they ha- they'll have a problem. And now all of a sudden these people who, you know, it's almost as if like if you've listened to them long enough, they're going against their own. Mm. Like wishes for gaming and like things that are different, but now they're like, Oh, I don't like the change, like stuff like that. So it's like the power of a critic to affect how a, uh, an intellectual property or a creation of art is viewed by the rest of, I guess your demographic, whether it be gaming Mm. or people going to the theater.
1: Yeah. So this is actually a pretty, Cool question, because just some some quick background to my response. I have a master's in rhetoric and writing um, composition, which may sound irrelevant, but actually reviews are very much a piece of writing, and some of the same concepts you could apply to other pieces of writing, you could ultimately apply to reviews. And the one concept I think everybody needs to keep in mind as an audience member who is consuming these reviews, and this goes for just anybody who plays games, to people on YouTube who cover games and use those reviews to inform their coverage. You have to understand that the retor is an individual with their own prejudices, their own perspectives, their own life experiences that inform how they're writing and what they're saying. And all of that kind of gets jumbled into this mess in between the transition between their mouth or their fingers on the keyboard to your eyes reading it. All not to say that you have to understand that certain people have different backgrounds which inform what they're saying. So, for example, if someone's writing about a horror game, yet they're part of an industry who idolizes AAA horror games and doesn't necessarily pay too much attention to the more experiment- experimental uh, traversings of indie horror games that do a lot of things differently, they're gonna have a different perspective and a different review than someone who primarily works in indie games and prefers those type of games, right? So ultimately, if people are kind of over, kind of, I guess, putting these reviews on a certain pedestal, you have to interrogate why you're doing that. Is it because the authority of the, of the publisher? So like IGN, they're a big name. Are, am I only taking them seriously because they're a big name and they've been around for so long? Am I taking them seriously because I know who the reviewer is? Chances are you probably don't. There's IGN has a circle of reviewers that keeps going round and round for each game. Mm. Sometimes you don't even know who it is, but sometimes you do, and you should probably look at that, see what they review before. But, like, nobody's going to put this much effort, right? So I think ultimately you need to know who's saying it and why they're saying it. What's their background? Why are you taking it more seriously than other people? And basically, what are you basing your opinion on, essentially? Are you basing it off what they're actually saying? Does this align with any type of logic that you agree with? Or are you just agreeing with it because it's a big brand, or you just like the brand and it's more familiar with you? I think that should be interrogated as an audience member.
2: I think that um, reviewers and these outlets, like these review outlets like IGN and GameSpot and all these other places, Digital Foundry, they all have much more influence on this market now than they did, say, five, six years ago. Gaming as a whole, especially like from the literary sense, with people talking about it all the time, especially like on social media and stuff, has grown exponentially over the last five or six years. Like, it's completely changed, like, the console wars has grown even bigger now, you have all of these different people, like these these keyboard warriors all on Twitter that people follow, that has hundreds of thousands of followers just because they follow the same ideology of I like the green box or the blue box, or the red box rather, and That has now taken an effect within the reviews. So like, you know, a review will come out for a game and you have these hundreds of thousands of of people online that's all talking about it and they all follow the same code. Like, you know, if one big person doesn't like it, all their followers start to rant on it as well. Oh, it's crap. It's no good. It's a flop. It's whatever. And then that starts to trend online and, and you get this commonplace of, well, the game's just crap. Like, everybody's saying it's crap. And all it takes is one bad review out of a thousand, and if they pick up on that and their audience follows that one bad review, you're going to get it trending over it. Like, the yeah. influence that reviewers have now, they have to be very careful because the audience itself has become so much more picky with what they like and what they don't, it's so easy for a game just to flop instantly yeah. based of what's said online.
0: They're willing to put so much stock in a random person's opinion and at Mm. the same time exclude their own individual. Exactly. Exactly. And and going back into, you know, what Rom was saying, it's just just like you have to remember all the things that actually go into an opinion. And, And, you know, like I was saying before, I hate movies that are made specifically to win Oscars. Like, I don't care about the queen. I don't care about, <laughs> you know, Seabiscuit or War Horse or any of these. Like, I, I'm not talking trash about them, mind you. Because every movie is someone's dream, even if they don't get to pull it off the way it didn't come off the way they wanted to because of the miracle that goes into creating anything. But I just can't watch those because my mind centers around the abstract. And so to have someone try to be so pinpoint to like history or and it not be a documentary and, um, and to, um, to realism, like there has to be something counterbalancing it for me. So like when I was reviewing, uh, movies, uh, on YouTube, I would either only review movies that I like. Well, no. Actually, I got to the point where I only reviewed movies I liked. Or if I saw a movie that I naturally wouldn't gravitate to. But I was like, yo, I actually really enjoyed that. Let me go into that a little further. That's what I would do. But you'll never see me do something like I said. like King's Speech, good movie. Great by some standards. I can't bring myself to judge it because it's just not what I'm into and I wouldn't mm. want anyone with my tone of voice which makes people think that I think I'm right all the time <laughs> like mm. the way I speak I don't want anyone to think that's what they should look forward to or think about the movie so yeah I've just I've, I've thought about this on and off for years just because of course there've been things that I love that get decimated you know, and, and once they're decimated, there's no crawl. There's no crawling back. Um, so, yeah. Yeah.
1: And
2: with I think which is
1: oh, important. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Just, just to close off, if you want. I think transparency is key from the reviewer, for sure. So, like, putting those perspectives and those uh, lenses mm-hmm. for the audience up front, like you just did with how you were explaining how you review, I think is key. And on the audience side, to acknowledge those lenses exist look for them and understand why you're agreeing with a certain person and why you're disagreeing, like actually um, interrogate that.
0: Yeah. Um, cause another thing you want to think about is what other motivations does that reviewer have? Cause exactly. I yeah, mean, I, I was going to go into, cause <laughs> I just, I just uh, read an interesting article uh, and then we'll get into this episode, but i read an, <laughs> an interesting article where um, people who reviewed Games for IGN and a few other companies and all their scores in retrospect seem to be inflated and then come to find out that after they left said publication or media outlet, they went to work for that company. And it's quite a few mm. big people that a lot of people would realize, like the people would know off mm. the top of their head. and mm. it's like, now they work for Sony, now they work for Nintendo. Yeah. So it's like you always got to think about that as well. But what we need to think about now dream. is dreams is dreams. So let's go <laughs> ahead and go through the intro. We'll see you guys in a second. All right, so welcome, 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 everybody. It's been a long time coming, but we're one away, one away from the 100th episode. So as always, I'm Mighty Vicious, here with Jamie James, and today we're joined by Rom's Dreams, creator of Liminal, a highly touted horror game that even Martin Nebelong said was one of the scariest Mm. experiences he's had on a console. (laughs) Welcome, Rom, to the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Well, I, I, I want to kick right off today. I, I mean, I know it didn't sound like it because of the beginning talk of the show. I almost got caught. I could have gone on another hour about, Oh yeah. you know, the critics and my disdain for most of them. Uh, but while we have the reel going on, you know, for the viewers of the stream and the YouTube, give us your background. Who are you,
1: my dude? Mm-hmm. Like that phrase. That's a big, uh, big phrase in liminal. Who are you? Yeah, good one. <laughs> I don't think that was intentional, but you, in an unintentionally, referenced the game, which is funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I'm Ram. I mean, I live in Southern California. Been here for pretty much all my life. More specifically, grew up in East LA. Um, Mexican American, if you couldn't tell. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I don't know. I've done a lot. I guess. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of schooling, unfortunately, hate it by now. Um, <laughs> yeah, despise it. But I'm finally done. I just finished uh, like this May, this past May. That I just came on, uh, did a master's in writing and uh, rhetoric. Uh, yeah, just it sucked. It was horrible. Um, a lot of that stuff, you know, those experiences that kind of I went through while doing that program and form liminal. Cause I was developing liminal during that program. I think I started at the beginning of the program and I finished it just shortly after. Um, Cause I think, uh, yeah, liminal came out. Um, I mean, it's been like a couple of weeks. I'm already forgetting <laughs> it's like fine. in November, it's November, like 15th. 20, yeah. 15th. Yeah. And I finished, you know, in May. So it was like a bit of a bit of lag. I wanted to get out sooner, but I mean, you know, finishing up like the thesis and all that. So it just didn't work out, but, um, but it was fine. But yeah, like, a lot of the experiences I did in school kind of informed liminal. And I mean, that's kind of where I'm at in life right now. I'm just kind of, uh, you know, career searching, doing some jobs here and there uh, regarding writing. Um, so like writing centric jobs. So like at writing centers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, right now I'm just, you know, glad to be done with liminal, glad to be done with my passion project and just, you know, looking forward essentially.
0: Well, let me ask you, I mean, with where what it, what it seems you focused on in schooling, like, What's everybody has to pay the bills, but what's is game development the dream job, or are you looking for writing a book? You know, we got a memoir coming out, you know, you want to go into film. What, what, where, where do you see yourself going if you had 100% control?
1: 100% control, in other words, if I had like a fairy godmother, you know, at my <laughs> shoulder, able to pull off a miracle. I, I yeah, I w- I'd want to do game development, you know, be, be a be a director of some sort after maybe some other experience uh, leading up to that. Um, but I mean, you know, coming back down to reality, being a bit more realistic, um, I'd like to be a director of a writing a writing center for sure. That's like probably my my big goal here. Um, so I'm just doing some project management, or I'm trying to do some project management in the meantime, get some experience there because I already have enough experience with writing composition and all that. So just moving in that direction. But yeah, I would love to be. I'd love to be a game developer for sure all
0: right all right so i mean instead of the gloss over how would how how did you find dreams like were you are you one of the people that came from the little big planet era the tear away to you know all this stuff or you saw it by accident and just happened upon dreams and was like i can do this
1: it was um a little bit by accident but it was mostly through a streamer or a content creator if you will they're on youtube too uh I don't know if you heard of them. Far from subtle, uh, video games awesome, all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you know, okay, yeah. So they they were covering dreams like man, they've been covering it since like the first trailer. That was like, I don't even know how many years ago. But at the time, I mean it didn't really seem much to me because it was just like uh that trailer was really abstract and kind of odd, mm-hmm. and just yeah. it looked like Project Spark. So I was yeah. like, Oh, okay, I'm not I'm not that interested in this. It's just like a bunch of claymation and stuff, like whatever. Mm-hmm. It looks cool cool concept or whatever and then you know the beta started getting closer and they started covering more and I'm like oh wow this is actually really robust and really cool and you know I've always been a creative person in, in terms of um, like how I like to game so like I build in Minecraft like all the time before this um, and like any other like map editor I would always use because it's just super fun I like making like little experiences and stuff um, so I'm like oh I'll just like check this out I'll see like what I can make and like maybe I'll make like something you know, small or whatever. So I you know, I got it during the beta because it was a bit cheaper. <laughs> so I got yeah. it then. Um and I made like some dumb crap, honestly. I made like a little it's it's still on dreams. Like my first project is still there. It's like a it's like a fan game of mixing Zelda and Dark Souls and putting it together. <laughs> and and yeah, yeah, no, that was my first that was my first project. And like it started off with just like the first area, which was like just like a garden with like different elements of the Souls game and then like some of Zelda's stuff. Um and then yeah, I just like I just added on to that and I'm like, hey, you know, I could do more areas now. Like I'm getting better at crafting mm, these yeah. areas because the first one was crap. It was like it wasn't even. even. It was like the floor was like tilted or something. It's horrible. <laughs> it was I didn't, artistically I didn't know how to use done.
2: it was yeah, yeah. You
1: know, I mean it had it had heart. It had heart, but it had no That's technical skills whatsoever. But yeah. so this is before you
2: realized that dreams had a guide button and rulers <laughs> yeah i did i had
1: no clue i didn't even know what um what precise movement was i was literally just like doing this with the controller trying to get everything and like in place and i was like i was doing the minecraft strategy where i would measure by by blocks like by i blocks. would measure like oh here's the edge of this of this asset let me line it up there and like okay yeah it was terrible horrible it's still up there, so if you want to see it, it's it's really funny. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I, I added to that project more and more, and eventually, it's honestly, I don't even know how long it is. It's probably like an hour or two hours now long, I think, of an experience. Like, I added um, a bunch of levels. I started adding, like, a really loose story and started, like, developing the skills that I used for Liminal. And then the one big turning point for me with, um, with that project, that first Zelda Souls project, was combat. Um, I had... Someone from the Dreams community actually helped me on that. Um, I don't think they're on they're on Twitter or any of the socials, but they're just kind of were on Dreams for a while. Um, and they helped me with the combat and kind of helped me like, you know, figure it out, essentially, and actually make it like somewhat fluid and functioning. And that's like, if that never happened, I didn't know at the time, but if that never happened, I don't think Liminal would probably exist the way it does because huh. the whole combat system is based on what I learned um, from him, which I think his name was... Uh, Mr. X Machete, something like that. Um, I, I blanking on the name, but I'm sure you could uh, you could find him. But yeah, that that was like the pinnacle moment where I'm like, okay, I could actually create something decent here. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, there is that breakthrough moment, and uh, then a bunch more walls. But oh, you yeah, know so that ready. a bre- but you know but a you know that it's possible for the breakthrough to happen again, and that yeah, that's uh, enough to keep yeah. you going. Um, yeah,
1: the first the first wall, getting over the first wall is the toughest one because that wall looks damn high. And you're like, <laughs> hell yeah. no, I'm not getting over this damn wall. Like, I have no coding experience personally. So I'm like, there's no way. Like, I'm never going to be able to do this. And you climb, you climb, you might you fall down a bit sometimes, you climb back up, and then you get over it. And you're like, you know what? It's possible. Yeah, there's like 25 other walls. But you know what? I did one. I could do another one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: which is which you know Jamie can attest to because he you know he's working on pitch black and i'm sure yeah. as the as, as you know oh, he was yeah he was in the boat with me where it was like oh boy logic but you know he's worked his way <laughs> through it and, i you mean know. that
2: that, that's what the whole project was about was to learn logic like, you know, it, it was just such a wall for me Like look like with yours like logic was just the thing like I can't make nothing because I know I'm going to need logic for it And I just can't do it. So that's why I just dive straight into pitch black a game where it's just purely logic and nothing else And that way I'm forced to climb that wall and sometimes you got to do that to get over it to, to be able to do what you want to do
1: Yeah, that's so, a good idea. Yeah good approach
0: Yeah, starting small as small as we're <laughs> capable of going, yeah. like, <laughs> which is the hardest thing for me, personally. But let's go into the origins of uh, of liminal. Um, one, I would say, after two years of game dev, like, how do you feel your, the reception has been? I mean, you know, you already had the God of Dreams, you know, mm. say some really great stuff. So, but how how is the overall reception to it been? I mean,
1: honestly, it's overwhelming, Um, especially like with some creators like like Martin, you know, saying that it's like a horror classic. I'm like, no way. Like, no, this is like my my actual first series project. Like, no way it's a horror classic. Like, I don't I don't I don't think I could accept that. Like, that's that's so like high of a praise. And I'm like, whoa like it's super overwhelming and then some some dreamers are saying like it's it's a not it's a it's a serious contender for like imp, you know imp of the or game of the year for the impies and i'm like oh my god like like what like i did not expect any of this like I, I basically made the game for myself really like first and foremost like it's my dream game like this is the game that i've always wanted to play or the horror game that i've always wanted to play so i just didn't really expect this especially with how weird it is because it is quite strange and and obtuse and and pretty dark so like i didn't expect the the reception really honestly
0: well jj nova in chat said uh nah man don't be humble embrace it and i'm gonna go ahead and echo that same thing bro if 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 someone takes the time to give it just accept it even if you're even if you don't think it's it's right you take it because you never know when you're gonna hear something so glowing again. <laughs> So you yeah. take the wins yeah, as you get them.
1: Couldn't agree more. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, yeah, I, I didn't mean to say like that I'm, like, you know, excluding it or anything. Like, it's, like, if I could have that framed up here somewhere, I'd put it on a frame, because that is crazy to me. So, like, no, but yeah, like, thank you. Yeah, much, I'm, much, much appreciation there.
0: I'm sure if you asked Martin, he'd probably put together something for you. <laughs> 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 he'd probably oh, do no, something in dreams and be like hey i redid this shot from liminal and oh, then you'd be like God. how that come my shot cool. didn't yeah but then you'd look at that shot and be like how come liminal didn't look like that
2: no 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 <laughs> no, no no i'd be cool with it he did this in 15 minutes it took me six okay, days so that, that would that would yeah that would be like oh okay out, out.
1: but no that, that would be awesome though that would be so cool to see like a, a shot yeah. recreated or something that would be yeah <laughs> I don't even want to get hoping on that. I'm going to kill that dream right now.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. tell us about the two years of game dev. Like, you know, starting off with it, getting over the first hurdle. But, but where did this game come from?
1: This is like more than two years in the making, technically, because this idea has been in my head for, I don't even know how long, I can tell you, really. Um, it's been... I mean, if you want to get super technical, it's probably since my childhood because there's like stuff that I took from like my interests as a child in terms of horror and kind of bring them all together throughout the span of my life into like one game that I really want to play, or I really wanted to play and now I can play. Um, so, to be more um in terms of stick to a timeline, I had gotten the idea to a pretty good state, maybe. I want to say exactly, yeah, like two and a half years ago, where I had basically just written everything down I had about the idea, which, by the way, it was way simpler than it was now. It was not even close to being this ambitious um, in the beginning. Um, The original idea to like clue everybody in is it was just essentially PT in terms of the looping hallway, but extended to an entire commute. So the commute would loop. So you would go through the exact same commute every cycle, and there would be about three or four cycles of that commute. And things would warp and change and and um you would um kind of get detours. So like you would, you know, go on the subway, go towards your home, but one day the subway's broken down. So you gotta go to, you know, the service area to get it up and running. And then that becomes a whole ordeal with like, you know, scary things and monsters and creatures and whatnot. So it was very simple. Super, super simple at first, but I essentially just wanted to combine Um, all of my horror inspirations. So the primary ones for this one was like Cry of Fear, um, liminal spaces, evidently, Um, and just liminality in general, not just, you know, liminal spaces, but maybe we could get into that later. Uh, Silent Hill, of course. And at the time, that was it. You know, as the game progressed, I got a bit more of Resident Evil in there, particularly Resident Evil 7 with the combat system, uh, the blocking system in particular. Um, But yeah, at first it was a very very basic concept that I essentially, I essentially pitched to Matizel, which legend, by the way, I don't, I don't even know. I'm surprised he agreed to work with me, honestly, because he's such a legend and all I had at the time to my name was Zelda souls. (laughs) So I'm very surprised he, he agreed to work on, uh, with me, but yeah, I pitched the idea to him. He liked it. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, awesome. Cool. So I just essentially started giving him the ideas I had for the environments and he made the assets, um, and the assets are incredible. The game wouldn't exist without them. Genuinely, it just wouldn't exist. You know, I can't do them. So, hands down, the assets are, like, probably the most vital thing to the game, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, he made the assets. We started putting together. And he he did some environmental design as well. Uh, but we would kind of co- cooperatively uh, make the areas together, especially the the earlier areas, like the offices and, and whatnot. And then from there, I mean, I... You know took from what i learned from zelda souls in terms of the combat and i'm like you know what let me try this you know let me because like i could make enemies decently at, the, at that time like i can make them work well and function well for the most part um but i had never done first person combat at all um it was just not existent for me i never even tried it i don't even think i used the first person puppet before this was the first time but i used intra attack outs uh fps advanced mm. template which is oh that was my lifeline. That was yeah, amazing. It, you know, it was amazing. That, it's a you know, that's a blessing to the dream of us. Huge. But that's an understatement. It's like a it's a blessing on the highest level. Because that <laughs> game would also not exist if not for that template. That is such a huge resource. But yeah, I just I started learning the template, trying to learn the ins and out of it. And and you know, that happened over over the course of like a year. Getting the comment to where I wanted it to be. It's still not perfect. I think that's probably my biggest regret is the some of the things I did with the animations for on the puppet. I, I wish I did, I changed that before, but at that point where I noticed it was bad, it was like, it's too late. Cause like I'd have to change so many things and it was just way too much work for something that wasn't gonna, you know, have any monetary value. So I'm like, I can't justify mm. me putting more time into something I'd rather just get it finished and just, you know, live with the regret, fine. But, um, but yeah, it just, it was just uh building block, Per building block, so it was a new wall, and then I would overcome that wall, another wall, and then overcome that wall, and eventually I just kind of tied it all together into one experience, essentially.
0: Indeed. So, where was there, or is there anyone else on the team that you'd like to throw a a heads up to? Like, you know, was it was it a bigger team or?
1: It was a pretty big team, I would say, primarily speaking. Um, it was me and Matissa at first for like the first year or a year and a half. Then after that, Drinkwater 200 kind of hopped on to our team um, to do some of the lighting in like some of the story-driven areas. So uh, the apartment complexes and you could tell because the lighting is like vastly better than the rest of the game. So like the apartment complexes, the apartment itself, um, areas like that, story-centric areas, he did the lighting for that. And he also did some assets that were really helpful as well. Um, So like the water that you see in terms of the end of the game when the apartment complex is flooded with blood and all that, and um, some of the water. Uh, previously in one of the rabbit encounters, all that's him. Great-looking water. It looks awesome. So, you know, he helped a lot. And then everybody else, that was more kind of, they kind of gave their contributions to the project, which was awesome. Um, I think the, pr- the primary one was Grim Pinata. Um, he made some really great creature designs. We collaborated on that. Like, I just he was awesome, I basically just gave him my ideas, and he's like, okay. And then he took like about a day, and then he come back with these amazing designs. I'm like, whoa, that was fast. And then he had up <laughs> yeah. like a backstory for them. He had a name and everything. I'm like, wow, this is my own Masashiro Ito, man. Like, this is awesome, <laughs> you know, this yeah. is great. So, um, so yeah, he was great. He helped me with the, with the monsters. Um, he helped with animations as well. So a lot of the Rabbits animations, which look awesome. Um, he did those and they you know they look great typhus gave the rabbit um at first it was kind of more of a abstract very dreamlike purely just white rabbit that just looked um really cool but i had actually changed it a bit with uh, the help of my friend which we could talk about later um you know, he he's not a dreamer at all. He doesn't know dreams at all. But he's he's just an artist. And you know, you know, we've known each each other since like high school. And I'm like, this one day is, I just asked him to play this. Oh yeah, sorry. Go this ahead. is
0: the, no, this is the friend from the gig clip that she sent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This well, is the friend from the gig. It's yeah. funny that it came up because that clip is actually what's on right now. Oh, that's not like, <laughs> Super quick <laughs> <coincidental. laughs>
1: Yeah, he's playing guitar. Yeah, he's the guitarist. Um, that's his band. Um, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, um, he. Yeah, I just invited him one one day over over to my house and be like, hey, can you play test my game and just tell me what you think about the story? Like help me make it, you know, make sense essentially. Cause at the time it was very abstract. Um, given my David Lynch inspirations. Um, it was, you know, pretty out there. So I'm like, hey, can you help me make the story make sense? Right. And he's like, yeah, whatever. So he came, he played it, and he was like, Yeah, he helped me with that regard. He helped me like kind of get the story a bit more direct and uh concrete. But he also helped me with the route because he's like He's like, I like the rabbit, but I'm not scared enough. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, it just, you know, like, it looks really cool. But I think it should match the other creatures, which are a bit more realistic. The other creatures are very unsettling because they look like a real face. It's very small. The details are very small. And it, like, it looks like a real person from a distance, which Mm -hmm. is weird because this is a video game. Like, there shouldn't be a weird, like, a real guy's face in there. So he's like, I'm like, all right. So we basically just made it more fleshy. We made the eyes smaller and we just that's pretty much it like that's the two changes that we made um and it, it i mean it made a difference because like that thing before it, it felt kind of sadistic almost in, in its character now it feels like i don't even know what it like emotionally confuses me even like it's, it's very disturbing that that creature man that that has given me nightmares like hundred percent not even exaggeration like i've had nightmares from playtesting that creature, well, it was you. You know, terrible. you've done
2: a good job of making a horror game. If you, as the creator, are having nightmares about it, that's a checklist done. That it's part scary. is the only one. Yeah, that's the <laughs> only part that scares me. Honestly, that I don't like playing that through. That part. <laughs> so, what, while we're on the subject, like, what was the inspiration with the rabbit? Then, like, is there an origin story of why you chose a rabbit for this, or like, what? What's the story with that? Yeah, I
1: mean, I mean it's it's kind of a a weird origin story. So. I was actually inspired greatly by a a clip that I saw on Instagram because I I follow a lot of like dark, dark art and stuff and like cool horror art and and all that on on Instagram. And I came across a, a video. It wasn't even like a horror video. I don't think it was like a nostalgia video of some guy's like old childhood recording of like his dad in a rabbit mask, like a cheap... Like '80s rabbit mask that looks actually very like pretty much exactly how the the one looks in game. Um, he's just wearing it and he has his kid on his lap and they're doing like this weird, like birthday recording or something. And it just looks really uncanny because he's like in his work, he's in his work outfit, like an office outfit, you know, like a white uh, button up and slacks or whatever. And he has like the sleeves rolled up. It's just looks really uncanny to see this guy, um, like have you know, it's just. Very unsettling. Really it's yeah. very, it was really weird. It was like I don't even know if I would say it, it's unsettling. It was just very bizarre, and like it, it stirred like a lot of um, ideas for me. Because I'm like, hmm, like this parental, because like rabbits, obviously, you could make a connection to like parental uh, figures, and 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 especially like I think in Lynch's work, he has like the the short the rabbits, right? Um, it's like a family unit in the couch, you know. Uh, I think they kind of represent a family unit in some sense. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting, and I'm like, you know, let me roll with this, right? So, like, because at first the story was already centered on Pater, the the person you play as, and he was, you know, the main thing is him being a father, or at least, well, I'm not going to say anything just in case people haven't played it yet. I won't spoil it. But the whole thing is centered around his fatherhood and his son and his wife and the whole family unit. So, like, I want to take this kind of memory that I just happened to be posted on Instagram as, like, this cool art thing. And I kind of want to incorporate that into Pater's character and, of course, by proxy, the design of the rabbit, given that they're very connected, him and Pater. So, yeah, it's basically a warped version of Pater's image on the couch as a father. And that's kind of where that inspiration mm. came from. and um, And you'll notice in the chase, I mean... I don't know if you've ever been chased by a parent that's angry at you as a kid, but it's <laughs> yes. fucking scary. It's scary when they're really mad. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, you know, it's like a, a game of cat and mouse. Like it's, it's very unsettling. And especially if it's uh, a guy who's really mad, like your dad mm. or an uncle or something, it's, it's quite um, unnerving. So I kind of, you know, tapped into that. Um, I think there's, there's that meme, right? Where it's like, you know, it's all fun and games and they're chasing it like, ah, and they go, hoo, 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 like when they get close yeah. and then you just freak out. It's basically, <laughs> I wanted to uh, evoke that feeling um, and connect that to fatherhood essentially. So connect the horror gameplay with the themes of the story as well. Um, so that's basically where the rabbit came out. That's why he, it's kind of sadistic. You know, he, mm. he feels sadistic the way he's like chasing you and always after you uh, and all that.
0: And where else did you draw inspiration from? Regarding the rabbit or just in general? No, just in general for the game.
1: Cairo. Cairo is a huge, um, huge inspiration. The Japanese horror movie. Probably mm-hmm. like one of the first, first I would say, huge, like high profile analog horror movies in a sense. Technically not analog since it's a computer screen, but the way it presents it is very analog. Like if you wanted to replace the, computers, the computer screen with a like, CRTV television, it would still work in the sense that the aesthetic and the atmosphere would still function really well. So I consider it personally an analog horror, despite it being digital, mm. but that was a huge inspiration. And you could see that in the room itself. Um, so like the, I call it the forbidden room. It's not really has a name in the game. It's basically the one where the couch is and you see the, the body on the, on the wall and you mm. go in there with the TV and you find the gun there and all that, that, that was like straight up from Cairo, the, the room where, where, I forget the character's name, but the guy, like, basically, you know, you know, yeah. you know he's in that room. Inspired by that, essentially. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the general aesthetic, that uh, green hue, I really like from Cairo. I kind of took a lot from that as well. I also like, I do, oh, okay, this is my favorite part of Cairo. They use audio in a really awesome way. They do a scene. It's kind of like a song, in a sense. The structure of a song where they do, a, like, a, a pre-chorus. In a scene but only using audio so they use a bunch of commotion they use a bunch of dialogue they use a bunch of drama in some sense and there's a bunch of audio that you're kind of being bombarded with and they also have like a little line of static underneath that so you're you're used to having all this audio and you're hearing this you're like okay i'm accustomed to this and then all of a sudden boom they cut hard cut silence and it's just an image of something extremely unnerving and someone going like Get st- some crap and it's scary as hell it it is so unnerving like oh no it it got under my skin super bad so that was like i love that and i took a lot of that audio design and and used it in liminal especially with the face and the end of the hallway you'll see that hundred percent um you'll hear some static at the beginning and then it cuts out silence and then you hear the whisper um so yeah Kyros a huge inspiration obviously david lynch um some of the endings or some of the levels in the ending. Are kind of my room on the Black Lodge. Um and like kind of like that Twin Peaks style.
0: I uh, was hoping you were <laughs> <laughs>
1: not a Twin okay. Peaks fan, I see.
0: Okay, okay, <laughs> Let, let's let's break a wave just for a second. Because I I, I want to ask because so, you you have that glint you have that rare glimmer in your eye when speaking about these, you know, inspirations where they come from. And so I want to speak to someone who's truly just Zeroed in with these references. What makes Twin Peaks good? And I really want to, and I ask this because, you know, it's a predecessor to a lot of shows that credit it that I do like, but I've tried to watch Twin Peaks probably.
1: I see. I see what situation like you're in.
0: Three times like like as far as like giving myself time being like I don't really like this, not enjoying it, I must not be in the right mindset. Let me come back. Can I ask
1: you how far you got?
0: Uh I believe I got 5 episodes in.
1: Okay, that's why. That's why I think that's why. So, does, does if I could it? Oh yeah, no, go ahead.
0: Go ahead because i have this thing because if you're about to tell me like oh but if you don't make it to episode blah 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 it's just not gonna make sense okay okay because people who say that make me so mad because i'm just just, like you're excusing this time
1: that's (laughs) not gonna tell you good yeah this is what i'll tell you it's fucking cheesy (laughs) it's cheesy it's melodramatic It's, um, if you're looking for like a modern serious show, it's crap, but here's a big, but a lot of that cheesiness and, um, if you will, melodramatic kind of drama show mystery type stuff, it's, it's quite intentional. Um I'm not saying that it's necessarily like the most subversive genre you're ever going to see like you're not going to come out at the end of the show and be like oh I see now why we did all that in the beginning seasons. Mm. The beginning seasons exist on their own. I think if you're not going to enjoy them then that's fair like you're not going to enjoy it. But I would say like they're very aware that it is melodramatic and it is drama. It's not necessarily a satire of the shows around that period, but it's more so using the genre of melodramatic shows and mysteries to subvert your expectations at the very end, which the ending is really fucking cool. <laughs> it's really cool. If you you just owe it to yourself to skip if you want, if you don't if you're not enjoying the first seasons, just skip it all. Go to the last two episodes. Trust me, you're gonna wanna watch it. Trust me. The last two episodes are really damn cool, just visually. You don't even have to understand what's happening. It's just awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're not going to enjoy the first seasons, if you're not invested at that point, then you're probably going to have a really hard time reaching that point. So that's what I would say to you.
0: Yeah. So I just, uh, I just, I've tried so often and I want to like it because I like a lot of things that were born of it. I just, every time I try to sit back and watch it, I just, I've run into a wall and I'm just like, I. this could as you're telling me like you are kind of saying it but you're saying it a little differently
1: Mm. you know but i'm saying if you're not gonna like it, you're not gonna like it on the end of the day i'm just saying you like the ending is very different from the beginning is what i'm basically telling it
0: yeah yeah well i don't know we're getting close because i i just um well i wouldn't say just started but i'm on a rewatch through x-files just as uh, something I could throw on every now and again, try to get through the whole, what, 11 seasons now, 12 seasons with the new ones that everyone hated. I can't wait to see those. But, uh, yeah, I just keep trying to because as soon as you said David Lynch, I was like, oh, no, we're about to because we're, we're going you know, into Twin Peaks territory. Exactly. Like, it's, and, and you know, it does fit. Like with you know the visuals I've seen of Liminal, it does fit, but it's just you know you know we were talking about Mulholland Drive or something, you know. I'd be right there with you, but as soon as I hear Twin Peaks, I just it's become that thing in my brain. So this we're in the midst of that time period where I'm taking my time away from it, get rid of all my notions, take what I've learned so far from watching, and be like. Prepare yourself because I've watched a lot of stuff and I've watched a lot of crap. However, I say crap with quotes, you know. Once again, as we were talking about, my opinion means nothing. Um, but it's just I wanted to love it so much, and my my trouble with getting through it is like disheartening to me. But <laughs> al- alas, alas, back, back to that- where
1: we were going. I think that's everybody who watches the damn show. Honestly, it's a emotional roller coaster in terms of quality. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> goes up and down all over the damn place. Even as a fan, I'll say that like that's 100 percent true. Um, even as someone who liked the first season, the second season. Ew. <laughs> 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 ew. But um, yeah. Ew. But um, yeah. I mean, if 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 Twin Peaks is not your your style, I will say I took other inspiration from like a Racerhead. I don't know if you're mm. if you're a fan of that. Yeah, yeah definitely a lot of eraser head which is funny because i actually never intended to <laughs> reference eraser head um but my you know the same friend um liam two hands as his, his stupid name goes um the guy who was playing guitar in the clip um yeah he told me he's like like man this is just eraser head i'm like oh yeah you're right what the hell like i didn't even intend that and i'm like man it's probably like some weird subconscious like <laughs> like um like uh i guess viewing of like all these themes that I that Mm. I've kind of consumed over the years. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, not my intention to to copy eraser in there. (laughs) Hey
0: hey, I'm sure that the person, well, I'm sure that they'd be like, oh, if they ever saw the game,
1: we'd be like, mm. oh,
0: that's for Monday. They'd they feel honored, you know? He
1: was telling me to get Lynch to shout it out on his YouTube channel because <laughs> he does, like, a daily <laughs> weather report on his YouTube. And I think he was on um, Cal State Long Beach's, like, radio show the other day. He was, like, "Give me the weather on the radio. It was, like, the most comical thing on the planet. I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> through that. So I was, I was, yeah, I'm going to go ask him to, to shout out the game. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, if you don't mind me asking, as far as Liminal goes, like, was there ever a version of the game where the where the uh, protagonist or main character didn't have a weapon?
1: Yeah, so like when it was just a commute, there was no weapons at hmm. all. Yeah, c- combat was not a thing at all because <laughs> I didn't know how to do it. Essentially, the the vision was always to have some type of, um, I guess you could say, risk or danger. Because mm-hmm. this is not... Even though it's called Liminal, it's not a Liminal Space game in terms of genre. Um, Because, I don't know. and We could go on a whole rant about Liminal Space games, but I think Liminal Space games as a genre are actually... They're cool. Don't get me wrong. I like them. But Mm-mm. they're very... They define themselves by what they're not rather than what they are. So they take away aspects of a, an existing genre and then run with a more stripped down version of different genres and i'll give a really quick example silent hill 2 take away the combat take away the monsters it's a liminal space game you see how i only had to take away things to get there yeah Mm. that's essentially what my premise is so don't get me wrong they're cool i like them but that that's not what liminal is as a genre it's very much a survival horror game with a bit more of like a very chunky cinematic intro basically
0: okay well, I guess all that's left, you know, unless you have something else specifically you want to go into, uh, you know, we want to let you bask in the, I uh, would you say the accomplishment of this, but we also have to know, are there future plans? There, is there a follow up or, you know, is there a different idea you've been cooking since birth that you want to get out into dreams now that you have a little bit more of a grasp? Where are we going in the future?
1: Good question. Um couple couple directions I can go. Um first one that I think I'm probably pretty set on going. Um probably sometime next year. Um, like maybe around the MPs, most likely, since I think Liminal has a first shot of getting nominated for a couple things. Um I wanted to do essentially like a DLC, if you will, for Liminal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so nothing story-wise. I think there's nowhere else to go in the story in my personal opinion that is interesting enough to warrant some type of sequel or even some type of story based DLC. I don't think it's really necessary. I think the story is pretty concluded as it is. Um, So I essentially just wanted to add extra modes. So I really wanted to do like a survival mode. Um, I also wanted to do some like hardcore difficulty settings. So I wanted to make uh, essentially like a hardcore mode for the, for the campaign or the narrative um because as it stands as a survival horror game it's actually quite lenient uh lenient um that was mostly for accessibility in terms of players like i wanted everybody to get to the credits essentially or at least mm. most people to get to the credits um if it was up to me i'd make it a lot harder it was harder before um it released but alas, you know i gotta you know i want people to experience it so that's why i made that decision but you know as a compromise i want to add that hard code hardcore Difficulty setting um, for the hardcore gamers amongst like, Liminal's fan base. Uh, yeah, so essentially, yeah, just doing that kind of package it in, in a type of director's cut, kind of, if you will. And uh, it would give me the opportunity to use a lot of c- content that, that we couldn't use in the final game. And there is quite a bit, especially in terms of enemies. So really want to do that, get my hands on that. Regarding, oh, oh yeah, go ahead.
0: I would say, just as an idea, just as an idea, because of what the what this form of of like from the imagery I'm getting of the game, uh, and you saying there's no real thoughts of expanding the story further. This reminds me, uh, in ways of have you have you ever seen Cloverfield? Okay, well the reason I like Cloverfield as as a what I believe to be a an achievement. Is because they set a world within a world where another a completely other movie could be told within the same setting and that's what I think of when i when I think of the videos I've now watched of people playing this where it's like this space that it, you're moving throughout you an update or an update or sequel if you will could simply be someone having to go back through the same thing and maybe even just find extra rooms or something or yeah. things that in sections of the main character where you know the main character may get hurt or you know something screwed up happens like you'd see the remnants of it as opposed to being the person that it happened to it it's just made me think of that when you said mm. that there's like that I just I I automatically see it in the realm of like Cloverfield where it's like you could tell a story about a completely different set of people, but they're in the same area in the same space and that. But anyway, anyway, that's just my brain working on stuff. That could um, certainly
1: like be the case. I think the only thing is with Liminal is that the narrative is very and the environment um, as as a result is very tied to, to Pater and the main character. Um, it's very much a part of their subconscious, essentially. Mm. So, you know, the, it's essentially their dreams. It's very much a part of them. I think the only way I would do that is kind of like mirror Silent Hill 2 and do like a like an offshoot with a, with a secondary character that's part of that dream. Um, maybe, but right yeah. now I don't really have any like super clear ideas regarding mm. that. So not necessarily in the, in the works. Um, but I do have uh, future projects planned... I say planned all weird because you never know with life, <laughs> so Damn, may yeah. happen, may not. Well, yeah, may happen, going. may not.
0: World exclusive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> spill it, spill everything, so Exclusion we can just want reveal. it. Yeah,
1: no, I don't have any. I don't have a trailer. Sorry, sorry, Jeff Keeley. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, guys, I have the rock here with another energy drink if yeah. you need it. <laughs> you Fusion by now. All yes.
0: right. All right. All right. All
1: right. But we'll yeah, run that But, either.
0: but, but still, give, give us something. What's this other idea? What are you working with in concept?
1: Of course. I got, I got a couple. So first main one that's more likely to happen um, is essentially a collaboration between different horror, I'm putting this in quotes, horror, weird, obtuse dreamers, if you will. So some people I'm thinking of are like Spine Blood, Tapio X, people like that.
2: That was yeah. that was actually going to be my question if you'd ever consider working with Spine Blood because of what. Oh, you yeah, yeah, you we've with been we've is. been talking a lot. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah.
1: his work. I've been a huge fan of his work. Um, and yeah, we actually we, we were talking about making another game together too, but we I don't know how far that's going to get, but we'll see. But um, but yeah, like for for this project, it would be like a collaboration between a bunch of uh, horror creators and whatnot. And I essentially want to make um kind of like a Lost Tapes type style of game where instead of necessarily like video recordings and like found footage, it would essentially be dreams. So like different dream-like settings, dream-like scenarios compiled into one experience in this kind of uh, anthology style of of a horror collaboration.
0: (laughs) Hey,
1: Jamie, what does that sound
0: like? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, is it, is it? I,
0: I, i've spoken about it on the show before but like uh, that's one of the main things i started um and have little <laughs> pieces of it's called dream samsara and it's literally about this guy who's going to sleep and through his dreams we see all these different things that start to stream like kind of pull together as an anthology <laughs> but yeah it, it's yeah just it's just a, yeah it, yeah the horror <laughs> version which you're not gonna see me make <laughs> that's definitely just, not. Not my that's not my passion. But there, yeah, it just reminded me of that, and I love I love the concept. I love people doing things with it. I love the anthology when done well, and not the latter. You know, like um, VHS movies, <laughs> which make me so upset because the the idea is still great, but. What what's being done now is it saddens me. It saddens me. No, yeah, I
1: definitely I definitely mirror that sentiment. Um, but regarding the other project I had in mind, I don't know if I'm gonna do this one in dreams, I'll be honest, because it's quite it's even more mature than Liminal, I would say. So I don't know if it will fly in terms of moderation. But essentially kind of wanted to make a, a hotline Miami inspired game, but in first person and uh kind of taking from the You Were Never Really Here movie that style of vigil, vigilantism and this kind of interrogation of violence, uh, which hotline Miami also does actually. And essentially putting that into like a psychological action, slightly horror game, stuff like that. But yeah, it would be, it would be pretty brutal. I'll be honest. It'd be pretty brutal and dark. I don't know if it, it would uh, fly well, on dreams. That,
2: that, that's a good question. If if this is sort of the route that you want to go, like cause it sounds like that, that's where you want to sort of lead to, is get into that true horror experience that you know you could create and what you want to do, but you're kind of feeling restricted because of the moderation within dreams. Would you ever, have you ever considered moving to like a traditional engine to be able to create the true vision that you want to create without those worries of restrictions on moderation?
1: That almost happened to Liminal, yeah. So, it, right. during, okay. so during the, um, I think it was Dreamscom, but not this one that just passed. It was the one before that. I actually, the demo was already ready for Liminal. It, it actually released. I, I had released it back then. It's like about a year, like a year ago or so, or a little over now, a year and a half ago. And I had submitted it for the um, the uh, Dreamscom for that year. And unfortunately, it didn't get in. Um, and I was like, oh, what what happened? 'Cause I like I I honestly kinda crunched for it. So it was like I was a little mad. Because <laughs> I was like, man, yeah. oh man, like I went through all this. I'm like, oh what, like what the so I was like, oh, I just reached out, I'm like, hey, what? like what? And, and it was a moderation issue. So there were some things that were kind of in part partly this is like definitely like my uh like a something that I didn't account for because, because liminal story is very uh symbolic and it has a lot of imagery that I expect the audience to piece together themselves. I didn't really expect that there would be vastly different interpretations that would be taken as fact. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of comparisons to, like, snuff films, stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that's not what I'm trying to go for, like, at all. Like, there's no, none of that. There's no, like, no, no, shut that down. (laughs) Because I'm like, that's not what I'm going for. But of course, like, you know, it was kind of hard to say that without saying it literally in the actual piece of media but i yeah it, because it was such a symbolic story I, I really couldn't in that sense or at least at that time i thought i couldn't and i was crunching so yeah, whole cacophony of things but yeah essentially just didn't get through and i was like oh man like i like i'm gonna release this game and like nobody's gonna see it you know what i mean like it's yeah. just gonna be kind of kind of there or whatever but i kept trucking on and you know thankfully it worked out but um but yeah it was hundred percent just considering like quitting honestly or just um even taking it somewhere else um and just you know being like hey man i'll put the demo out and that's it and then i'll just take the rest of the idea and finish it elsewhere essentially Uh, that was definitely a consideration because i'm like well like even though this is a game for myself i do want people to experience it and it's like it doesn't feel like honestly i would rather it go out into the wild and get massacred by nature (laughs) (laughs) And just have it die on the road somewhere rather than it being put on the road intentionally to die, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'd rather it just kind of let nature take its course, essentially. Even if it's going to get less players out there in nature, you know, outside of the Dreams ecosystem, I don't mind. Because as long as it's not, you know, being – as long as I don't feel the pressure to change it in order for it to live in that ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's what's important to me. Do you have experience with traditional programs? That's my first going with game development in general. Yeah, I didn't know any piece of code or anything about anything, really. So it would be a whole learning experience to transition, which is fine. But I think the biggest hurdle for me transitioning is the lack of collaboration amongst uh, creators around Mm. there. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure it exists, but it's very difficult. In comparison to Dreams, where I could literally just be like, Hey, I liked your creation. Well, you know, Aji on PSN, let's let's work together. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um in other engines, I feel like it's gonna be a bit harder. Don't know, I haven't tried it, so I can't really say, but that's what I'm anticipating.
0: So let me ask you, because it this has come up quite a few times, and while we've never been able to get uh well, while we've never had follow up from uh typhus and and others who create more mature visual uh pieces is this something that you think dreams needs to readdress a
1: hundred percent yeah so i think i've seen people um kind of suggest that there be a mature section in some way of moderation i know so like i mean here's the thing i think ultimately if it was up to mm i think they'd be fine with it but I don't think it's ultimately up to them. I think it's up to Sony because mm. the whole rating system is probably what's keeping them kind of shackled here. Mm. Um, and at that point I can't speak on any of that. I have no experience with any of that. I have no insider knowledge or anything. I don't know exactly what needs to happen for that to change. I'm sure there's talks in MM regarding that, but I mean, I would be a hundred percent in support of it because I think there's a lot of creative endeavors, a lot of creators that are going to be pushed away from that, And I don't like the excuse that limitations create creativity. Sure, they do. But if I shackle you and don't let you touch the controller, you're not going to make anything. So there's a limit to that, and you have to define where that limit is. And I think this is beyond that limit. I think moderating these type of creations to this extent is beyond that limit, and I think is constricting creativity more than it is uh, giving way towards limitations through creativity or creativity through limitations. If Mm. that makes sense. Hmm.
0: Well, let me ask you uh, as a follow-up to that: um, Have you ever thought about taking this story out of the medium itself, like yeah. a, a, a a short film, Liminal? Like, would you would, would you have interest in that as a writer?
1: It's funny because spine uh, spine blood actually suggests that I make like an ARG of some kind with Liminal. Mm-hmm. So, like, use some of the footage and some of the concepts in there to like make a video series essentially. Um I think that's a cool idea. I might do that if I ever have free time, but I gotta like get a camera <laughs> and get like <laughs> a decent setup and all that to yeah. get that going. Um yeah. but I will consider it for sure. I mean it's not going anywhere so maybe one day. Yeah.
0: And um uh, yeah yeah I I I, I did want to know if you had any previous experience because uh with a lot of these things I usually you know, tell people when it comes to monetization within Dreams, you know, and I tell people there's ways you can monetize, it just restricts what medium you're shooting for in the end. Because, you know, if you could make said series, but make it out of actual clips of what you've already done in the game takes away having to use the camera, but allows you to have a video series, or you could just rework it. To it easily because you already have the settings and everything. So it's just like, yeah, dealing with that as a way to get around being trapped within the limitations of dreams, the shackles, as you put it, of what you can do with dreams and putting it like less relying on will this be turned down and more so, well, it won't be turned down over here with this, you know, and that is a video series done using Dreams, but to the same effect with most of the work already, well, done. Yeah, it, it could be definitely an angle to take this. And, you know, but I, with what the hurdles you've jumped in making this game, you know, maybe you, maybe you should, uh, you know, start out and give a try with just Blender because it's definitely the easier, of the outside programs and there's a lot of things you can do with it even with footage that you take from this okay so yeah
1: i mean i would um i would say it's all up to money (laughs) (laughs) it all comes down to money so uh i don't really have a pc that could probably do anything right now so gotta save up for that and all that definitely considering it though and for sure with the with the video series i think if i wanted to make it the ideas that i had would probably um involve some angle of live action at least a little bit mm. that i wanted to uh, explore um regarding uh especially if i'm going to make it an ARG i think i want to do something like that mm. um so yeah i mean just gotta save up <laughs> then I'll, I'll start creating some more <laughs> stuff yeah
0: Jaffer says in chat, where should the line be for mature content so that Dreams doesn't get a change in rating past teen when an age gate work for mature content? I'll, Uh. I'll let you take that.
1: So I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the line that's set right now is actually pretty well, in the limitations of not exceeding the teen rating, which I think that should be moved first and foremost. But you know, within the limitations of that, I think the you know what mm has been doing so far in terms of my experience has been okay because liminal is very like i think it's at the edge of that line it's like one step from falling over um Mm. and being into the whole like getting moderated and and whatnot um so i think where it's at now with liminal is good because i i was able to go and explore some very dark themes and dark um um, realities within Liminal that I don't think, if I didn't clear up previously, um, I don't think they would have flied, necessarily. So I'm very grateful that I was able to reach out to MM and basically be like, hey, is this okay? Is this okay? You know, is this okay? And they're like, yeah, that's okay. Can you can you give a warning here? And like, oh, I'm like, yeah, sure. And that was fine. That was good to me. Um, I wish that was maybe part of the publishing process rather than me having to like reach out personally. Mm. Um, I wish maybe there was some way of doing that within Dreams itself, rather than having to go through like Twitter and whatnot. Mm. But I am very grateful that it did happen and it did work out. And I think the line as it exists now within these, what I, uh, what I presume to be larger limitations of Sony, I think it's okay where it is now. Um, but ideally I would love for it to be much more open. Um, and much more transparent as well because I think before I was able to talk to anybody at MM the guidelines were very confusing I was like wait but I could show like there's like there's a monster in here that's literally like it's like there, there's like an umbi- there's a bloody umbilical cord hanging out and like kind of trailed in blood going across the floor that's okay but I can't show like I can't insinuate anything regarding like suicide even though Disneyland doesn't in the Haunted Mansion like eh what and, like I well, we're, we're yeah. like what, you know? Like it's very really confusing. I'm like, what? Where's what's what's okay and what's not? You know, so mm. I think that should be transparent as well. Ninja
0: says my only fear of a separate mature category is one cuss word, one blood stain, slightly mature tone, etc., getting you thrown into a ghetto with truly disturbing
1: stuff. Mm. <laughs> so. I think it's a funny <laughs> presumption that it's going to be a ghetto. <laughs> it,
0: it, it is. It's pretty rough. But he says, no shades of gray. I'd personally rather dreams just relax a little, dot, dot, dot quote, online interactions not rated. Um, I just... Most movies now, unless they're like super disturbing horror movies, can fit in the PG-13 rating. Mm. And I feel like that's where they need to be in gamer rating where it's like PG 13 used to be, you couldn't curse. There could be no violence. Even if there was no blood, like you could, you know, you just really had to watch yourself. Now, PG 13 encapsulates about 70% of what R used to be. And I think that's a, a true progression because, I mean, all you have to do is be around kids, and I mean kids, for a little while, just a few moments, and you'll see that they are way above where we used to be, like, growing up. As far as, I mean, maybe not as, well, I don't want to say anything because everybody's maturity is is different, but on a whole, the grasp of how much stuff that they've mentally, I guess calculated is a lot Mm. more than what we Mm. had growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it makes sense that, okay, well, while coming out of the 80s, people were a little afraid of of gore being too much. Well, now, you know, it's 2020. Kids are like, yeah, that's boring. Like, (laughs) it's like (laughs) that thing that used to scare people, you know, 30 years ago. They see that on the way to school, on – on youtube with a supposedly kids channel like they just they see all this stuff yeah so i mean yeah well i don't know if i don't think it would get you thrown into a ghetto (laughs) of truly disturbing stuff but i don't really see a down a downside to it even if you were
1: i don't even think it would be a ghetto I mean, they've already done it before with the, um, with the, I think it was, wow, what's it called? I always blank on the name. The Halloween event that they do, Uh, All Mm -hmm. Hollow's Dreams or whatever. Mm. Um, The hotel one, or it would look like a hotel. It's the one with the elevators and you go through like mazes and all that. They already did as like a scarier section where it's just an overlay that's like, this is scary. This is mature or whatever. Do you want to play? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, cool. No. Okay, cool. You know, it just has to be an overlay that you click. It doesn't have to be like a specific section that you're like ostracized to or like you're put into. Maybe if you want to consider thumbnails, maybe, but then you I can just have like a mature rating on the side or something.
0: I kind of like the idea of being ostracized though, because in a way that, cool. in, but, cool. no, no, just because in a way that's a marketing point.
2: Yeah. yeah, you're catering yeah. I mean, to a very oh, he, specific Yeah, where it's audience. like where mm. it's
0: like, yeah, you can like dreams, okay, but but are you ready for the stuff we do? Like there's the you cool know, version of dreaming Yeah, the it, is, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> There's where Experiment us grown ups <laughs> where us grown-ups play, and then there's the rest of the dream. Like I wouldn't want anyone to ever say that actually, but but I could see it being a thing where it's like, okay. Yeah. The cool kids table. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Like, you know, I wouldn't want someone to actually ever say something like that as if to create like a divide within the community Mm -hmm. itself, but the idea of being in this, okay, there's this. And then there's, you know, and then there's, okay, well, you're going to the theater. You might be going to this. We got a little more to offer in the themes version like in the in the themes that we're going to cover because I do think that that's super important and now that I think about it the idea of not being able to do or address certain themes is the same reason I know this is going to sound like it goes off off script but it's mm-hmm. the same reason that I like my superheroes being older Okay now, let me let me address this Yeah I'm working on a video right now for for my YouTube called How Old Are Your Superheroes? And what I'm addressing in it is the fact that for one of the things I really liked about Marvel in the beginning is that you had actors that were at their earliest in their late 30s. And you had actors who were already in their 40s. And you had actors like Robert Downey Jr. who... If you follow movies at all, know that that man was blacklisted and pretty much out of Hollywood before fans and David Favreau were like, he is Tony Stark. And the idea of having an actor that isn't just some young heartthrob,
2: Mm, mm.
0: you know, the, the person that you put on screen is like, yeah, they just look good, but they also have age to them. It allows a writer to address themes that are believable. Logan. At, yes, Logan. Mm. Perfect mm. example. Where it's if that if Logan was played by, and I'm not talking crap about Robert Pattinson, but if he was if he was played <laughs> by Robert Pattinson in at, at the age of when he first went into Twilight, you couldn't believe a lot of those themes. Yeah. Mm. And so it allows you to address something more. Because you're able to basically go into deeper into the human experience past good, bad, win, lose, you know, that Mm -hmm. whole thing. So, like, that's how I'm viewing this whole other mature label in Dreams. Where it's just like, if someone willingly steps into it, which is basically the same as signing into, you know accepting the user's agreement <laughs> the terms of service then there's really no danger the person knows what they're going into and it's not like somebody's not going to get it elsewhere so you're just limiting your own community mm.
1: mm-hmm. so yeah, i'm not I sure agree. if
0: that i'm not sure if that wrapped it all back around being that oh, it kind did. of oh, i did yeah, Sh- yeah okay. It did. okay
1: okay so, no yeah i 100% agree yeah that's why that's why it kind of frustrates me fr- frustrates me When people make that whole argument that limitation breeds creativity. And it's like, yes, but you're not being specific enough. What types of limitation are you referring to? Is this a type of limitation? Can you justify that it is? I would say it's not by so many different angles. And I think yours is probably one of the most compelling ones because it's like, yeah, like this wouldn't harm anybody who's already consuming other things, yet it would help others who want to consume these more mature Themes and, and dreams, it thrives or it, it lets them thrive as well. So it's like it's a win win in terms of community. I think it's all ultimately up to the whole logistic side of Sony and, and whatnot.
0: Yeah. Cause I yeah. mean, that some of the rage that I've seen because of this limitation on certain people and what they want to address, I, I think it's something that does need to be addressed. Like they need to address it sooner than later, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know they have a whole bunch of other stuff to deal with
2: right now too. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: they got the the big the big two right, multiplayer and exportation. That's the big oh two, god, right?
2: they are the big two, aren't they? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. and and we won't start that up. Here. No, not today. Not today. <laughs> not today. Not. Today. not <laughs> we'll, maybe we'll pick back up on that around episode one
2: thirty. Yeah, thirty. We've worn I that T-shirt that. for for far too long. We need to let it sit out and dry for a bit. I think.
0: Yeah. So uh it's me juby hey what's going on man welcome um ninja said "Babyface, teenager logan will get 30 years out of this franchise <laughs> i'm completely happy with the realization that sometimes people just need to go
2: <laughs> like, yeah, i, I mean, don't can care we, can we just appreciate like yeah. how great logan is i know we're going off topic for a moment but my god like that film is just perfect
0: I have yeah, like, the I'm of the belief that Fox didn't actually know like they filmed two movies and like Fox saw one version and then they slipped the one that everyone saw at the last second. Because I cannot
1: huh? They pulled a Hideo Kojima with like BT. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> because I, I mean you look at and I've talked about this countless times, but Fox was notorious for ruining their own products. Like, for being so hands-on, like WB, uh, being so hands-on that they just didn't let people create, they had this thing of, like, well, this is what we need to be successful. And whoever created that metric check- checklist was wrong. But you look at Logan, and it's honestly unlike anything else that they ever let get out of their doors except mm. for Deadpool. And I would say yeah. it's even darker than Deadpool. Yeah, 100%. By a long shot. Mm. And, you know, I, I, it's, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, yeah, speaking of things in, in around that realm, like, Sony needs to learn the same lessons when it comes to their uh, live-action superhero takes. Because they make a lot of the same mistakes that Fox made. And they really do, and I'm sorry. I know we're on a PlayStation podcast, but, but but y'all know me. I say what's on my mind. Like Sony makes the same mistakes. So they, now their animation division, oh, leave them alone. Let Into the Spider Verse continue doing what it's doing. Mm. Do mm. that. But as far as their live action goes, they make the same mistakes as Fox, and they they need to check. They need to check themselves at the door. Mm-hmm. They
2: really do. So anyway, look looking at you, Venom. Uh, you know there's a reason there's
0: a reason they made a deal with spider-man going back to marvel it's yeah. because they literally could not make they could not stop themselves from just digging a hole for the yeah, entire just destroy IP.
2: just destroying it yeah they just can't and, help themselves they just yeah. love to ruin it and
0: so if and, somebody from playstation or sony happens to be watching and you're like man screw this guy like (laughs) please come um, to the show i want to hear your opinion i I understand (laughs) i understand but i have one thing to say stop trying to be cool and tell a good story that's all there is to it superhero movies aren't a genre that's it, it and the main problem fox had and that Sony has in their live action is that they treat superhero movies like they're a genre. That is not the case. Every scene in a bad superhero film that is terrible starts like this. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if, if that's any part of your writing process? Stop. Just stop. That, that's, <laughs> that doesn't work for superhero films. Every character fits within a genre that already exists. Now it's time to tell a good story with it and yes, we can go back to my weekly bashing of venom where <laughs> <I'm laughs> we
2: we are in we're in the same mind with venom. it's disgusting yeah.
0: yeah, so but really that is the problem with most of these people who fail at these superhero films. And I continue to call them superhero films because people will die on a hill telling me that that's a genre of movie, and I just don't get it. I, I call them small brains behind their backs. Anyway, the point is that we, <laughs> yeah, let's go to ahead the and show. Get to the, let's go ahead and get back to the last final topic, which is our extra topic as we like to do now. Mm. And it's about the video game awards, which are tonight. Yes. And uh, do you have any predictions of what we have in store? What's going to win game of the year, which we've already addressed multiple times, but I'll do it again. Uh, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm I'm not interested. In- oh, Dan oh, Rick. Yeah, that's ring. right. You know what? Everybody go out and play Liminal right now. This guy's <laughs> earned it. <laughs> He's earned it. He's earned it. I just
1: beat Melania yesterday. So you have done something that I have not. <laughs> oh my god it was such a journey man like oh man i had a whole party assembled because honestly I, I tried to do it by myself i'm like no hell no this is not happening the, the first stage is easy second stage hell no man i could not do that i could probably do it now after i've learned it but mm. yeah Hate her, man she's she's such a cheater but whatever um yeah i had like a whole party assembled i had like a cleric which was really funny all he did was heal which was hilarious so like he would heal the, for the foul dance or whatever the move's called the, the bullshit move where she just hundreds of zeros you yeah um he would just heal, heal us through that and then i had um this other guy who was like a guts type guy he had like a big you know ultra great sword i had one too so we were just taking turns staggering her and like we eventually got it and i was like oh man that was i haven't felt that way in a souls game in a long time where my heart is like bumping, because, like, jeez, man, that was a hard fight.
0: I always tell people the most underrated aspect of Elden Ring is the fact that you can have co-op. It, it I really wish it was seamless, something. I wish I, it was seamless. Uh, I wish... Well, that's the thing, you know, and, and, and maybe it's just the games that I've chosen, but I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. Games that are developed in the East seem to always have a convoluted matchmaking system. Mm. You know, I always go back to Monster Hunter World. Like whoever came up with the rules for how that co-op worked should be shot in the face. (laughs) And (laughs) figuratively. Figuratively. Fig maybe. Maybe. No, I'm just no. it's simply like are you guys familiar with how it worked?
1: No, I don't know. okay, this I'm, is how I'm, it yeah, this yeah. is
0: this is how it worked. You could play with a friend, but you could only play with a friend if the mission that you were currently doing didn't have a cutscene. Or had a cutscene that the other person had already seen. But oh if the God. but if the mission had a cutscene in the middle of the mission where there's a cutscene, the person couldn't join until after that cutscene was gotten to.
2: <laughs> this is just no okay, point this is I no might point.
1: be I might be taking back my statement on the figuratively.
0: it's it's pretty annoying when all you want to do is run around this world and hunt dinosaurs with your friend now as you get past the campaign and you get into the end game which is just a free-for-all punch monsters in the face then yeah you can you know you can run around freely with your friends but that going through that first section where it's just like oh yeah man come in and come on in the game it says i can't Oh, it must be a cutscene. Let me get through the cutscene. I still can't. Crap, I got to take this monster by myself. <laughs> so then you start beating up the monster. And then another monster comes in and it's a cutscene. It's like, can you come in yet? No, no, I can't come in yet. Okay, let me keep going. That, that is... It kills uh, the vibe. Yeah, it it really them. does. Mm. If all you wanted to do was jump in and play with a friend... Who, why do you make people jump through such hoops? My biggest problem with the with the Elden Ring, uh, co op, is the fact that playing with your friends means being invaded by sweats, Uh-oh. being <laughs> invaded by sweaty sweaty blood build boys or 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 uh, mages. I actually don't mind. Yeah, I don't Shh. mind that as much. I do. You know why? <laughs> Because every time someone jumps into my game and I'm playing with a friend, they run away. That's why Your I hate it. Away? No, no, no. The person oh, who invaded Demeter. to fight oh, runs funny. away. I've actually, actually chased someone around <laughs> my game for 40 minutes. <laughs> no. Oh, no. All, and when he joined... I was in front of the door that I wanted to go into to
2: oh, continue yeah, yeah.
0: my game. So I'm like, yo, instead of going on and continuing this game, that is a masterpiece. I'm stuck chasing this dude literally around the lands between, because he jumped into it. Like you'd think he'd be like, oh, well, he has two or th- yo, three people here doing whatever. Maybe I'll just find somebody
1: else. I'll disconnect.
0: No. They make you chase them around.
1: So now that's, when- that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like it should be seamless. You should be able to walk through the door and get the hell out, and then he'd get kicked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my criticism. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm okay with invasions. It's just like, why are there fog walls every damn time someone else is in my game? Like I could see the area, we could walk there. Let me go there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's the most infuriating. Like, I can't go to Jarberg with my homie, bro. Like, what the hell? I have to go <laughs> I down can't there. Go to yeah, like I want to visit Jarver. I want to. I want to chill with the jars with my homie. And I have to go down myself, summon, get them in there. I don't even think you can summon there. Actually, now that I think no, about it, so don't they don't even let so. you. They don't let you, man. Nah, nah. nah, nah. And then there's Not the.
0: And then there's the. Uh, uh well, Yaffar said, "Oh my god, I hate that. I just want to play with a friend." Yeah, me too, man. Uh, it's probably a level balance thing, but still, it's the way they do it. Because this is the other thing they do. If you've beaten all the bosses in a specific area, you can no longer summon friends there.
2: What? Oh, I didn't even know
1: that. I didn't even know that.
0: Yeah, huh.
2: that's crazy.
0: So if you beat the area boss, you can't summon there anymore. And I mean, that's there must be the... a reason for that,
1: that... though. Surely. Well, oh, like the primary purpose for summoning, to, in their eyes, is to beat the boss. But like, I don't think that's what it is anymore. This is modern gaming. That's not. Mm. The case. It's not Dark Souls One. It's not Dark Souls yeah. One. Yeah. Which is
0: why you can't drop high level items for noobs to pick up, because then they'll thrash everything in their world. Yeah, like, well, no, you can still drop things. Yeah, you can still drop. Yeah, you can still drop weapons and and um like clothes and shields and stuff. You know whether or not they'll be able to wield it properly. That's something different. But
1: there's already a system for that to keep them from using it. You have to level up.
0: Yeah. So anyway i think that might be what he was
2: saying but anyway yeah so what do you uh, expect then at the game awards like what do you expect any big reveals like that you didn't think would happen or like shock announcements yeah (laughs)
0: um i think there's going to be a lot of announcements a lot of cool announcements you know we already know pretty much that I, th- I do believe Death stranding 2 is gonna be announced. yeah
2: Ko- Kojima is one
0: yeah, of I really don't want
1: opinion. it to be death stranding 2 I want him to do he said he was working on like an original horror game what happened to that He know he, oh, he's, it? he's, he's working, working on a bunch yeah. of stuff but that's I want it to be that I don't want but, death stranding two but, Death stranding one was good I don't think it needs a I need the sequel
0: I think it's gonna be an
2: offshoot I think it's gonna oh, be it's like
0: a, I think it's gonna be like a, a side story built off of fragile.
2: But mm, yeah. um Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I don't think it's gonna be like a direct sequel. I reckon yeah. it's be a spin-off. But which is um... fine. I-, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind like a fragile story. That would be cool.
1: But um... mechanics are gonna change because she didn't really she wasn't a courier. She was yeah. just on a yeah, you know, like
0: so it could be good. It could be it yeah, could it be, be different. the more widely accessible game mm. for for people which will be interesting but yeah kojima productions at this point especially because they built everything for death stranding already then they probably got three people working on <laughs> <laughs> working on this offshoot because i believe he's working on three games currently yeah it, well the one last report
2: we know for a fact that he's working with a game with xbox he's working on a game with sony and then another game but i don't know if that's multi-plat or exclusive i don't know but the, it there is it's he's swimming around three projects at the moment.
0: Yeah. So. Um I know Jammy's going to be happy because it's pretty much if it's you know confirmed that Final Fantasy uh was it 16. Come, yes. Yeah. So so he can weeb out on himself with a gun oh, blade know, or something. I, I I you know. what,
2: if if 7 rebirth shows up I'm going to totally weeb out. it's like, going to mm. show up. Um, I don't think like, so. I uh, don't think Seven Rebirth will be there, but if it is, you'll hear about it. You'll hear me from, from America screaming. Yeah, so. I'll, all I'll hear
0: is I'll be outside, just hanging hear with my wife. And
2: you'll be like, oh wait, yeah. yep, Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth's on the no, show.
0: I'm just gonna hear just a subtle, oh, across oh, the, win- <laughs> across oh, the wind, across oh, the wind. What the hell was that? Oh, it must have been Jimmy. Oh, so it's true. <laughs> <of. laughs> So, um, uh, I, as far as announcements, I would hope to see either an actual trailer, gameplay trailer, well, gameplay trailer for Insomniac's Wolverine or Spider-Man 2 unveiling that it has co-op.
2: I don't expect to see anything big from Sony or Xbox purely because of the whole thing with the Activision thing that's going on right now. No, Xbox is definitely going to bring it. Uh, Xbox I don't is think... definitely going to bring it. I don't Starfield
0: think so. is there. I, I want that Elden Ring DLC to be announced. I know they just released the Coliseum update, which is cool, and they did it for free. And and most people are like, well, this means they're not going to do anything for, but. There's one glaring detail about the the Colosseum DLC that's weird to me. It's completely PVE focused, and only creates issues for P or PvP focused, and it creates issues for PVE. So what are the issues? They did a bunch of nerfs because of of the, like the last update was to balance each of them individually. But in this there's some new balance they did that shifts things in PvE and some of it not for the bad be- for the better but I still yeah. think there's an area for well that's what the that's what the, the the sweat bros the ones that carry half a cup of water in their taint from all the sweating they're doing that's for those bros they can hopefully do that and not invade my game now which I'll just love if that's a byproduct of the Coliseum DLC. Mm. But that still leaves a place and there's more than enough lore for, you know, them to put out a DLC. So if they hit you with the free joint and then they say, Yo, but here's the paid one, but this is what we got for you. They could have my yeah, money the somebody
1: Yeah, the Colosseums were just cut content. So like it, all of it was already data mined like a couple of months ago. Like I don't think and this is systems from like DS3 and even DS1. It's the same system, so it's like I don't think this is any evidence that there's no DLC in the works. Like this was very it's very natural that this would have happened. But like I don't I don't see the argument with uh, the huge the success
2: of Elden Ring. They would be stupid not to do a paid DLC. Like they're literally printing their own money at that point. So I reckon mm-hmm. it's 100% gonna come paid dlc yeah the only
1: one we didn't get was persecutor but didn't really didn't need it, it yeah, sense. didn't need they it, were Master making Beast. Elden ring
2: yeah it's, it's Elden ring they they yeah. need that money they like that um, money they're gonna do it
0: as far as duckonomics saying destiny 2 does that all the time and that game is perfectly balanced uh duckonomics don't bring up destiny 2 on my channel no i'm just like <laughs> <playing. laughs> for those that haven't been around for that haven't been with me for a long time there was a time where Destiny Two was literally uh, just me, just being enraged with Bungie for Destiny. Uh, you know what? No, Look, don't start. No, let, don't start. Let, let,
2: no. Here's the thing with Destiny Two, right? Story fantastic, gunplay really fun, the way that. They actually do their seasons and like the mid the mid campaign stuff. Like when you're not got a campaign to do and you're just Jamie, doing the mid season stuff is terrible. It. It's just don't, awful. Jamie, don't do it.
0: Don't, don't
2: give me Come on, take the crumbs. Take the crumbs. I'm not gonna. I'm, not gonna <laughs> do
0: it. I'm just gonna say that if you play oh, Destiny yeah. 2 as a gamer, you have no. How would I say this? I don't want to be harsh.
1: <laughs> brace everyone. Brace. I'm not gonna say it. Yep. I'm just not. I'm just like. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just I'm just not gonna say it
0: because I, I just because yeah, you're egging me and you're getting me upset and I'm just I'm not gonna
1: fall we'll for it. it. We'll leave, I'm we'll above leave it. We'll leave it. Let's leave it. But
0: um, I'm not above it. But I just. So how
1: about
0: just, that Halo I, Five, guys? I'm sorry. What? How was that? What? What about that Halo Five, guys? Oh my God, that's another <laughs> sore spot. Halo in general is now a sore spot. It just, yeah.
2: I just Oh, come on. We're torturing him now. Let's leave him be. We're torturing him. He's going to pop soon. What's another
1: series? What's another series that's
2: gone down the gutter (laughs) that he was a fan? (laughs) You know what I have, what
0: I don't have high hopes for, but I do hope is coming. You know what? It plays into the video game awards. I would like to see them announce and actually show Splinter Cell. I don't think they're going to. No, they're but that's they're something fun. that I would be pleasantly surprised to see. Haven't they learned, with hopes like, gone that back it could be the, good? Haven't they gone back to the drawing board with that? No, they just unveiled like two weeks ago that they are working on one, and they released like art, like concept art for what they're the direction they're moving in. But you know the uh, what was it called? Bl- dark, dark echelon or Black Echelon, Black something, that that uh, Splinter Cell game is still by far one of the most entertaining co-op experiences you can have. And I just want to see more co-op, as I've constantly complained about in gaming. I don't care about multiplayer personally, I just want online co-op. An actual campaign that's been specifically crafted to tell a story at high fidelity, but I get to play it with my friend. That's all I want, gaming. And you just gaming, (laughs) because it's really outside outside of certain people doing it. You know, that's why outside of certain people doing it, us getting like it takes two every now and again. Mm. like the fact that people are creating these super sprawling I've complained about it enough you guys know what I'm gonna say like you create these super sprawling worlds and it's like no one at the table literally says oh hey we spent all this time doing all of this uh you know making this game look so beautiful and the world so expansive what if we didn't make the player run across it alone like, <laughs> like that. it's just less
1: money. That's what see, it is.
0: See, but it but it yeah. You yeah. less not money as much to implement, as, to implement not the as,
1: control. Exactly. Okay. Well, it would make more money to be online is a because you could sell battle passes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, and I I'm just not a fan of that. As a matter of fact, that's a yeah, surefire yeah, way bloody. for me to not buy your game. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's EA as you know really is EA, Activision, Ubisoft—they haven't gotten my money in like eight years now, and it's because it's like, yo, if you're going to do these things, then you need to put out a higher quality game. Like you just need to put out high quality, and they're constantly... So, so you haven't played Jedi? I did not pay it. I did not pay for it. Oh, okay. it was but you played it. It, it right. was lent to me. Okay. Because I don't, I don't give them money. And the only exception to this was the newest Call of Duty, which we talked about. Mm. Because a friend literally pulled the friend card on me and was like, you don't play games with me. To which I said, <laughs> I, it's not my fault no one makes co-op games anymore. But he pulled the friend card on me and we had that whole thing You know, I put the poll up on whether or not I should actually get the game. And ultimately, I swallowed my pride and decided to be there for a friend. But that's the only reason Activision has gotten any of my money. And that's $170. And that same friend was like, oh, man, get the battle pass. No. (laughs) They got $70. What I get for $70, we'll see. I'm not giving you more money. I'm not. I hate it. I hate everything. Anyway, deploy is- right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, is is there anything else that you'd want to go over before we close this out, Rom? I mean,
1: thanks everybody for the support, man. It's been incredible. It's been insane. I'm glad everybody or most people are enjoying the game. It's definitely close to my heart. So it, it means like the world to me to see people like praise it and you know, see people that are fans of it. That's like insane to me. So Thanks so much. And thank you guys for having me on the show like um, that. No this was awesome. I'm, yeah, this was awesome. Hey,
0: you had fun? You had fun? Yeah, 100%. Mission okay. successful then. Yeah, that's, that's all I need to hear. That's all I need to hear. As I told you, I'll have this thing where I just always think I'm boring people. I just <laughs> always do. Um, but uh, with that, make sure if you haven't played Liminal yet, log into Dreams play liminal at least put it on the play later list and make sure it's the first thing you see when you sign in and go into the dream search okay so there you know get that done play liminal go ahead and hit them up on at roms dreams on on twitter let them know your thoughts tell tell them everything if you if you if you if you liked it if you didn't like it but I have a suggestion as to what could go be better that's good too, it. constructive, because if you yeah. approach my boy on a negative tip and I hear about it, I'm coming at you in not so polite a way. So <laughs> keep it real. All right. Y'all ain't gonna be talking bad to my boy out here. Anyway. Anyway, I digress. Play liminal, show love and force his hand into making uh, moving up his timetable. <laughs> 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 uh, but. Jamie, you got anything else you want
2: to say to the people uh just... Jamie,
0: don't forget to do the jam
2: yeah that, that's what i was good that's
1: that's what i was going to do okay i was just making sure baby all, all right. right okay thank <laughs> you, baby. dad and dad and are you going to please save me they're arguing please
2: uh so this is episode 99 so everyone should start if you are doing anything for the jam whether it be a game or a short film to start wrapping it up uh my, what was the date again? My mind's going blank. It's going to be for to, uh, tomorrow is the end date. Yep, there you go. It's, so, it's, tomorrow. It's,
0: um, so we'll be uh, searching the Dreamiverse tomorrow. for. Don't forget to put a... Uh, hashtag uh, well, M-I-D-P-100.
2: Yeah. Yes. In your you title go. so that we can find it. So we're basically just going to go on to the Dreamiverse and just search hashtag M-I-D-P-100 And anything that comes up with that, we know that it was made for the jam So make sure to put that in your title If you don't want to release your Dream uh, publicly Then you need to send it to both myself and to Will In Dream so that we can play it But it'd be easier if you release it publicly So we can just go through the Dreamiverse and just search for it and find all the content that way It'd be much easier for us But yeah, so tomorrow's the deadline Get it all done, with whoever's working on it. And if you have made something, thank you very much. We really appreciate you taking your time out of whatever other project you was working on to do something for this jam uh, to add on to the 100th stream. And yeah, that's everything I have to say for today. All right. And I'll, I'm going to take a quick
0: uh, peek here at, uh, at uh, Dreams and
2: see who's streaming. We have Red, Red is streaming... Red uh, Yeah. Let's let's uh, go with let's go keb, with is that kebab kebab Simon, I think is kebab Simon and Crash Landon twelve. Je fais un Petit Decor. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's
0: go with let me see here. Let's go with Crash Landon 12.
2: Because I've never seen this person. Yeah, give some love to some new people. I haven't seen Crash... I've never heard of Crash Landon 12. I'll have to check them out, see what they do.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We could all all meet someone new today. Crash Landon 12. There we go. And uh, other than that, Ram, tell them where they can meet, where they can find you on social medias.
1: Yeah, it's basically just Ram's Dream or Ramstein five three four five two on Dreams itself. Um, that's pretty much it. That's all I'm at. All right. All right, nice and easy. we we'll go, yeah, f- go follow him, guys.
2: Right? <laughs> go follow him,
0: <laughs> and we will catch y'all next week for the one hundredth episode. Don't Ooh. forget, use that hashtag #MIDP100Jam in the title of your creations we'll be looking for them tomorrow we appreciate anyone who did anything for it we're not looking for like a (laughs) hundred submissions
2: we're just like just just a couple would be great just just to show on 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 the show next week so that'd be cool and with that peace everybody bye